The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Let me ask you, is life charging you or is life draining you? There's this interesting feature on all of our phones. If you open your phone, you'll see it's a battery life indicator. There's a little icon that tells you how much battery life you have. And I, uh, I grabbed my wife's phone, so typical mom. And one of the things you notice on her phone is that she runs an inordinate amount of apps all at the same time. And so, um, you know, you can kind of see a ton of apps, kind of, I'm showing you, right, all these apps that she's got running, and what she doesn't realize, or maybe she does, that it's draining the battery live. It's wearing her battery down, right? When your phone is charged, when it's plugged in, it's charging. The moment you unplug it, it's starting to drain. And the more apps you run, it's gonna drain your battery alive faster. And there are some apps that drain your battery really fast. And so I wonder how charged your emotional battery is. Is it draining or is it charging? And you might discover this. You might discover that the way you're handling your phone, you are draining your phone's battery quickly. And so this is what happens, right? When you do that, you notice on your phone, there's this little indicator light, right? That pops up, the little indicator. And I hate it when this happens, right? It pops up at the worst times and says, low battery, like this, right? And in you, there are indicators that pop up Your battery is getting low. There are things that are draining you, depleting you. And so we, you could call that sideways energy. Things, stuff that you put energy into, but it doesn't move you any closer to the goals or tasks in front of you. You you ever notice you can open up your phone and immediately you're drained. One text exchange, one phone call, uh, you jump on social media, you, you start reading the news, and suddenly you're totally drained. First thing in the morning, and you got no energy left for the rest of the day. You've got some high drain apps running in your life. You might have some people that are high drain apps in your life. You have, you have some things going on in your life that are draining you faster than other activities. It's sideways energy, it's costing you energy, it's draining you, but it's not getting you any closer to where you want to go or helping you accomplish a task or a goal. And as a result, here's what happens when our emotional battery gets drained. We get frustrated, we get angry, we become resentful, We carry shame and guilt. We say something we shouldn't say, then we can't take it back. And this is especially true for those of you that are constantly on the giving end. Moms, right? You guys are always on the giving end. So this isn't just a pandemic season. This is every day for you. But for a lot of you, you're on the giving end. And as a result, you're you're helping and serving and cleaning and uh, looking out for others. You're listening to others, but you're never getting heard. And as a result... You're going through life depleted and emotionally drained. I, I, I want to read you a, a passage from an author 
Solomon, who was the king of the nation of Israel. And he wrote a book, kind of a last will and testament. As he's looking back on his life, he's thinking about the deepest, darkest thoughts and questions of life. And he, he wrote it out. It's called Ecclesiastes because he's writing it from the perspective of a teacher. And so he's sharing that with you. That got included in the Bible, Ecclesiastes. And so he writes this, and I just want to read to you this passage, Ecclesiastes, starting in chapter 4. He says, again, I looked and I saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed. And they have no comforter. Man, maybe some of you, you're, you got, you're crying the tears of the oppressed. The tears of carrying weight with no relief. Tear, tears that come from trying to meet deadlines that you can't meet. That you feel like you're not enough and you can't keep up. And you can't do enough. He goes, the power was on the side of their oppressors and they have no comforter. The tears of feeling no comfort, no relief. And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless in a chasing after the wind. That's why we're calling this series Chasing Carrots because there's so much stuff that we're chasing after, but we never get a hold of it and it never gives us what we thought it would. He says, fools hold their hands and ruin themselves. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. And there was no end of his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless in a miserable business. Now, I'm not reading that because I want all of you moms or any of you who are caregivers or on the giving end to go, that's right, this is a miserable business. What he's acknowledging is life can get hard and it gets harder when we are emotionally drained because we're crying tears of oppression. We feel beat down. We feel overwhelmed. I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. And so we begin to feel insecure and inadequate. And we see what others have and what others are doing or who, what we believe uh, who others are. And we begin to allow that to drain us and wear us out. And we go, what am I doing? What am I accomplishing? Sideways energy. So what's the answer? The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Galatia where he offered an answer. So I'm going to read this to you. It's Galatians chapter 6, and I'm going to read to you verse 3 and 4. He goes, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. They're, they're playing a trick. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride or feel good about themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. He goes, we get into a trap and we trick ourselves and we start looking around at everyone else, looking at what everyone else has or what everyone else does. He goes, here's the challenge I want to give you. If you think too much or too little about yourself, you will take too much or too little responsibility for yourself and others. You might fit in one of these categories. You say, but they need me. And so you give too much out of guilt. Or you say, I'm important. I, I, I got to look out for myself. And so you give too little, right, out of selfishness. But then what about 
others helping you. Maybe you're one of these strong people. You got to take care of yourself. And so you go, I don't need them. I don't need anybody. And as a result, you receive too little because you, you feel like you have to look out for yourself, but then you get angry because no one is helping you. Or maybe you have an entitled mentality and you're going, I'm special. Everyone should be helping me. And so you receive too much out of jealousy and greed. And so as a result, we can feel very drained or drain others. The truth is, most of us put more care into our phone than we do into our own emotional well-being, right? You'll go through your phone and you'll, de- you'll delete anything unnecessary. You recharge it, you update it, you clean it, you take care of it. And yet for ourselves, we, we're not taking time to recharge ourselves to update ourselves, to refresh ourselves, to get the rest we need, and to clean out the clutter. And so how do you do that? Well, let me give you a simple challenge that kind of matches the phone idea. Here it is, right? You, maybe you have a care plan for your phone. Well, develop a care plan for your emotions. That's right. Practice healthy emotional care. Develop a healthy emotional care plan. Sounds great, doesn't it? But it's impossible. Why? Because life drains and it doesn't recharge. And no matter what you plug into, it will actually drain you and not charge you. Hmm. Why is that? Because you and I are spiritually broken. We are spiritually being drained because of an inner brokenness called sin. Sin depletes us and drains us. It's as if your emotional battery is totally drained because your spirit is broken. You have nothing to plug into. And so what you and I do is we we try to connect with and plug into all kinds of different things, a relationship, entertainment, an addiction, a habit, or a hobby, hoping that it will fill you and refuel your heart and your emotions, but none of it works. Why? Because you and I were not designed to be charged by things and stuff. The only way you can get recharged is when you are connected to God. In fact, at the very end of his writing, Solomon made that statement. Let me jump to the very end of that book for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14, he he says this. Now, all has been heard. I've said it all. You've heard it all. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Let me challenge you. Whatever we fear, we desire to please. Some of you, because you fear people around you, you're trying to please them. And you're driven by insecurity and self-doubt. He goes, you you want to get it right? Recognize that your primary goal is to fear God so that you want to please God and obey God. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. He goes like this. And when we don't measure up, when we don't plug into God, and when we're not following what God has for us, we're judged by that. And every one of us face judgment. That's the bad news. 
The good news is that God didn't want you to face judgment on your own. And so God came to us. Jesus entered into our world to take on our judgment because of sin, to face our eternal death sentence, so that he died once for all, so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins and given new life and given forever life. How? Because Jesus not only died, he rose from the dead, and in his resurrection, he sets us free from the power of sin, the drain of sin, and he gives us his spirit, which comes and lives in our spirit. And when you have God's spirit in your spirit, he gives you a new life, a transformed life, a forever life. And, and think about it like this. When you have God's spirit in your spirit, it's like a getting a new battery in your phone. You got one battery that was constantly getting drained, and now it can't keep a charge. God gives you a new heart with his spirit in your heart, with his eternal life in your life, and now you've been hardwired to be charged by connecting with relationship with God. God not only needs to be our center, but he needs to be our source. And life only works when God is both our center and our source. And when God is our source, we're not looking for people to fill us or fuel us. You're not looking for activities to fill you or fuel you. All right, this is important because now we can begin to develop a healthy emotional care plan. The first step in developing a good, healthy emotional care plan is this. You and I need to establish healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries to protect our emotional charge. That's right. You have to protect your emotional charge by establishing healthy boundaries. Think about boundaries like fences. You go to a neighborhood and you see fences. What do fences do? They define what is your property and what is somebody else's property. What are you responsible to care for and what is, some, what is somebody else responsible to care for? Fences also regulate how you go out and how someone else comes in, right, through a gate. And so let me jump back. The author of Ecclesiastes provides some guidance on this, as well as the Apostle Paul in Galatians. So I'm going to read you both passages. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, I'm going to read verse 18. He goes, this is what I've observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun. Now that doesn't sound very encouraging, but what he's saying is, it's appropriate for you to take care of yourself and do the work that's allotted for you. He goes, uh, your work under the sun for the few days of life God has given you. For this is their lot, right? This is what people are responsible for. In Galatians, he writes it this way. With, uh, he goes, I want you to do this. Without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. In this context, what he's saying, it's very similar to what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes. He goes, this is your lot in life. This is your backpack. This is what you're responsible for. So when he talks about carrying your own load, he's actually referring to what any normal person would carry throughout the day. So if you're going to work and you have a backpack, that's what he's referring to. Maybe a student on their way to school, when they go to school, they have their backpack. Maybe for you, it's a briefcase. If you went out for a hike, for a day, you would carry a day pack. It's the supplies that you need for your day's journey. And what both authors are saying is you are responsible to carry what is necessary for you to go through your life. Let, let me put it to you this way. Take responsibility to recharge your own emotional battery. You 
are responsible to make sure that your own emotional battery is charged. That's right. It's your responsibility. Don't put it on anybody else to make sure you're recharged. So how are you going to do that? Practice healthy self-care. A good emotional healthy care plan is practicing good self-care. So are you taking good care of your emotions? Are you regulating your emotions? You don't have the luxury and the freedom just to yell and scream or get mad or angry or lash out. No. Take good self-care by developing good healthy coping mechanisms so that you can self-regulate your emotions. You are responsible for your own mental well-being. Do you have good outlets to release that emotional energy? In fact, let me encourage you. Some of you, you need to delete some of the high-draining apps out of your life. Some of you need to clear some of those high-draining apps out of your life, but you are responsible for doing that. You're also responsible for your own physical care, right? To get to sleep on time, to get up on time, to be active and healthy, especially during this season, right? But you're responsible for that. No one else is responsible for that. Don't blame somebody else for your your mind being busy and distracted. You take responsibility for your own emotional recharge. You're responsible for your spiritual recharge. Believe it or not, it is not the church or this service. It's not our responsibility to make sure you're spiritually recharged. Think about it. If you plugged in your phone one time a year and then you got mad that your phone was worn out, that's your responsibility. Plug it in. Look, you have the privilege of plugging in your spiritual life every day by reading the word of God, by spending time with God in prayer, by spending time in worship. Then what the church is doing is we're inviting you into a more corporate experience together with others so that together we are renewed, together we are encouraged, together we're uplifted, but you make sure that you're taking responsibility for your own spiritual care being recharged. And here's what'll happen. When your spirit is recharged, your emotions will be renewed. I've discovered something. Discipline begets discipline. What I mean is when you get disciplined in one area, you will get disciplined in others. If you're spiritually disciplined, you will become more physically disciplined. You'll become more emotionally disciplined. I also would challenge you, Look out for people in your life that are draining you. Now, look, you're at home. If your family's draining you, then you need to take some steps in your own home to rest. And maybe you need to withdraw for a few minutes and get a break time. Or maybe you need to go for a jog. But I also recognize you may have relationships, friendships that are draining you. Look out for that. Um, I, where we used to live... Uh, I came home from work one day and my neighbor had plugged an extension cord into my outdoor receptacle in order to run one of his appliances. I had to go over there and go, what what are you doing? You're plugging into my power source. There are some people in your life, you need to go into your own life and pull the extension cord that they've got that's sapping your energy. What is your property that you need to be responsible to tend? And then you need to get other people out of your property. If they're destroying your property, if they're wearing you out emotionally, you need to take personal responsibility to look out for your own property. And there are some, there are some extension cords that you need to start unplugging. You, here's why. Some of you, you find, it, you find your value in allowing them to plug into you. You find value in them pulling your energy, but then you complain that it's happening. Unplug the extension cords. If it's their load, look, 
Your next door neighbor, their responsibility is to pay for their own electricity to run their own appliances, all right? So I gotta recognize when it's my responsibility and when it's their responsibility. I also wanna give you permission that you do not have to continue to expose yourself to harmful behavior of others. I'm aware that during this season, abuse has increased in the home. Get help. You do not have to tolerate that. You need to reach out for help. You need to let someone know that should not be happening and that cannot be happening. You do, you do not and should not. And God certainly does not expect for you to continue to expose yourself to harmful and hurtful behavior. But then there are times when it's like, it's kind of on that tolerable line. Stop it. If they're, if they're harmful or hurtful, you need to separate yourself and create distance. You need to put up a fence and get them on the other side of it. There's a gate where people can come in, but then you, it's time for you to say, okay, you need to let yourself out. You do not and should not be allowing yourself to be constantly exposed to hurtful and harmful behavior. You have value in the eyes of God. God does not expect you to get walked all over or mistreated. He doesn't want your yard trampled by others. Put up a fence define what's yours, and then pull out those extension cords when people are inappropriately pulling from you. Let me give you one more challenge though, and this one's important. In Galatians chapter six, the author writes this. He goes, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Right, so, so he goes, wait, there, there's something else to this. And then he continues in verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, the other, the other author, Solomon, writes a similar idea a thousand years earlier. So this is Ecclesiastes uh, chapter four. And this is an encouraging passage. So I'm gonna read it to you. He goes, two are better than one. Sometimes couples read this uh, on their wedding days. Two are better than one. But this is true for each of us because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. He goes, there are times in life when it's important for you to have somebody near you. He goes, when, when, there's, when there's an oppressor who's trying to take you out, when there's demands on you that are too heavy for you to carry, when someone is trying to overpower you or beat you down or wear you out. He goes, pity the one who, when they fall, they have no one to help them up. So when you have fallen, when you're being oppressed, when the demands that are on you are too heavy for you to carry, that's, that's when it's time for someone else to step in. And that's what Paul is writing in Galatians. He's saying this, it's appropriate for you to bear one another's burdens. So I want you to take responsibility to bear others' burdens. In, in, in the way he writes it, he goes, you are responsible to carry your own load, that's your backpack. But when he says burden, he's saying a boulder some gigantic weight that it's unreasonable for anyone to carry at some point. Every one of us needs someone else to bear our burdens. There are weights that you can't physically carry. And you know, we try, and because we try to carry those burdens, we get frustrated, we get discouraged, we get overly drained, and we get angry at those around us. And so the first, you gotta be willing to let others bear your burdens. When you're carrying a boulder size weight, especially during this season, when there's a lot of weight, to be carried. 
Maybe it's emotional or physical or financial and you need others to step in. Also, I want to challenge you, don't ignore the burdens others are carrying. This isn't about when it's convenient, right? The author in Galatians, he says, when we have opportunity, meaning when you see it, you need to step in. You don't ignore it. You don't turn the other way. You step in and you begin to use your strength to lift others' boulders. You can use your emotional strength, your spiritual strength, your physical strength, your financial strength. You might not feel like you have enough, but to someone who's carrying a boulder, your little goes a long way. So maybe it's time for you to make that phone call, send that text, give that word of encouragement, send a gift, express generosity, serve, love, lift. Here's the deal. You're not giving because you have so much, but because what fills, spills. God has filled you with love so you can love others, right? This doesn't work unless God is at the center and he's the source. But when God is at the center and he's the source, what fills, spills. Love overwhelming you spills out of you to love others. Forgiveness that fills you spills out of you to forgive others. God has given you an emotional charge, a spiritual renewal. He has given you strength and generosity you can pour into others. And so right now, I want you to become the response of God. First, if right now, you are not charged through faith in Jesus Christ. Would you make that commitment? You let us know, let someone know. In fact, you can let us know by texting Jesus to 41411. We want you to let us know. Also, if you're joining us online, you can put it in the comment section. You can just say Jesus, and someone will immediately follow up with you. We want to encourage you as you begin this new journey through relationship with Jesus Christ for each of you. Whether you're brand new making a decision for Jesus or you've been following Jesus for a while, how can you develop and practice this emotional uh, health plan? And so I want to take a moment, I want to pray over you, believing that as you meet God in this moment, He's going to make things well in your life, and he's going to renew you. Would you let me pray? Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to rescue us. And through Jesus' death and his resurrection, we have new life, and we have forever life. We have have a battery transplant so that now our, our battery is charged and recharged through faith in you. Now help us to not only practice good emotional care, but also help lift others be a strength to others. We say this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.